shout out to all the listeners of With All Due Respect. Your boy Sketch here, bringing the podcast vibe to the 907. Chilling with my lady at lunch. Spinard Roadhouse tots, we munch. Her phone gets a beep, I know she's in deep. Time for her man to take a quick sleep. I lost my girl to this podcast. Yo, I lost my girl to this podcast. Entertainment, politics, and life, she say. All discussed in about 20 minutes of play. She says Andrew and Ethan are funny on the money and says she wants to hear about education funding. She likes British telly, think about the mayor's race. Wants to make sure she votes to change this place. I lost my girl to this podcast. Yo, I lost my girl to this podcast. I lost my girl to this podcast. Yo, I lost my girl to this podcast. Hi, Christopher Walken here. It's time for the entertainment segment. And I know good entertainment. Andrew has some solid stuff. Just solid stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes I can come late to the game. But when I do get there, I know what's good. And let me tell you about just this amazing gem I found in the heart of Spinart, the Writer's Block Bookstore and Cafe. Now, many of you probably know about this, and many of you might not. It's an independent bookstore. It's an arts venue. They have local food and drink. It is crazy cool. And it's literally like hanging out in someone's living room. Now, I don't know about you, but even when I walk into Kaladi's or Starbucks and there's people on their laptops, I mean... They're ubiquitous, right? I come to expect them. Everybody does. But it still seems a little out of place. When you walk into the writer's block, it's like you've walked into somebody's living room. The bookstore, cafe, is open Wednesdays through Sunday from 11 to 8. Check out their Sunday brunch with music from 12 to 2. Uh, They have UAA economic after-hours forums, poetry slams, and recently I attended the listening room, which featured Tomo Nakayama, who sings the opening song in the new Netflix series, House of Ninja. Look, this is a great place just to hang and chill out, so check out the Writer's Block bookstore and cafe. I'm beginning to wonder who I need to code red to get a damn drink in this place. Well, it looks like we're to the segment where Andrew and Ethan talk about local and state politics. In other words, they're going to sell us political crazy when we're already stocked up. Absolutely, Colonel. Ethan and I are here to sell you more crazy. And I have to tell you, Ethan, that what we are about to discuss is the single dumbest idea I believe I have ever heard or ever debated in the history of the Alaska State Legislature. That's a pretty high barrier to clear, my friend. Very high barrier to clear. The way I look at it, too, what we're going to discuss is what I call the full pander. How much is it going to cost to buy off Alaska? It is the enshrinement of libertarian socialism coming home to roost of Alaskans selling out their birthright. The leave me alone, but send me my check mentality. This is your captain speaking. We'll be experiencing some turbulence. Should last more than 10, 15 minutes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now that you have your seatbelts buckled, let us give you a little insight to what we're talking about. In Juneau today, they are debating House Joint Resolution Number 7, which would basically put a permanent dividend fund or permanent fund dividend in the Constitution and guarantee that you would receive one every year. Also, the way it is written, it states that the dividend will be issued according to state law. 
Well, today, the formula for paying a dividend is based on a 1982 formula, when in 1982, we had no idea that there would be 60 plus billion dollars in this account. So today, if the 1982 formula was was followed, you would get a dividend for $3,400. Now, the other side of that is that would cause a $1 billion deficit in the state budget. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Should the state of Alaska consider putting the annual dividend into the Constitution, guaranteeing Alaskans would get a dividend no matter what moving forward? Ethan? Things where, where you enshrine formulas in a constitution, it's incredibly problematic. Formulas are not flexible. Formulas do not reflect current realities. And when you're putting in a, a formula that guarantees a certain amount of dividend, you have to ask the question is, at what cost? Who pays the price? What other components of the budget are sacrificed? And we've already seen what happens when we underfund the budget. Our public uh, assistance is not what it should be. Our our public safety is not what it can be and is required to be. Our public education is spiraling down the drain. And this is what happens when you underfund everything at the expense of the permanent fund. If Alaskans need to ask themselves, who are we if all we care about is the size of our dividend? What will we become? Well, and I think it's important to look at history. Okay, 40 years ago, the first dividend checks were, were, were mailed out. And since then, the state has issued over $23 billion in basically free cash, dividends. And, and, and not just dividends to, to people who live here, but today we're actively paying dividends to people who don't live here. Okay, so <laughs> there's a tremendous amount of inefficiency with this program to begin with. Now, when you look at the history of the permanent fund uh, dividends, the, the, the dividends that come from the investments. Over the last 30 years, it's fascinating. When you look at the data, every two, every 10 years, the dividend average goes up $200 a year. So between 1990 and 2000, it was 1100 First 10 years of 2000, it was 1300 And over the last 10 or 11 years, the dividend has averaged over $1,500 a person, okay? Over the last 10 years. Coinciding with over the last 10 years, we have lost 20,000 working age Alaskans. So this is another part of this debate. How, how actually is this dividend been helping us instead of investing in schools, in roads, and work training? We've been paying record dividends for 10 years at the same time the population has grown older and less educated. You know who the biggest beneficiary of the Fed, uh, of the uh, permanent fund dividend is? It's the federal government. That $23 billion figure you just threw out, roughly 22% of that has gone to the federal government as a personal income tax. That's more than $5 billion of Alaskan oil wealth has been funneled to the federal government as, as uh, personal income tax as a result of uh, permanent fund pay, uh, dividend payouts. The other piece of that is a roughly comparable number has gone to garnishment, to pay debts, to pay child support. Some of that is incredibly useful, but it's an, a, a very inefficient way of expending money. There are smarter, better ways of doing things. And this discussion that they're having in Juneau is, again, another discussion that's lacking in imagination, lacking in creativity, is backward-looking, it is not forward-looking, it doesn't fundamentally address some of the, the critical issues that Alaska confronts today. I think what bothers me the most is, you know, the complete 
um, I'm, I'm not going to say ignorance, but but the willful disregard of everything that's happening around, even for Governor Dunleavy. Now, let's take a look over the last three or four months with regards to legislative proposals in the state of Alaska's revenue situation, okay? Over the last four years, the governor's initial budget to the legislature included paying a full dividend at $3.4 billion, which put the state in a $1 billion budget deficit. I mean, this governor proposed a budget that was right out of the gate, a billion dollars in the hole because he wanted to send send almost three and a half billion in free cash out. Okay. So you backstop that with the fact that he's already proposed corporate tax credits for companies who uh, provide daycare and housing, and he's pr- proposed royalty cuts to feed ourselves with natural gas. Okay. So let's take a look at that in context. You've got, you're enshrining the dividend, which is basically socialism. Right. Because if you're telling me this is the owner's wealth and I'm telling you the state's losing money every year, I'm telling you then I'm telling you there's no wealth. OK, so there's nothing for me to share. Right. So let's just get that out of the way right now. If you want to tell me that Alaska needs to be run like a business, I'm going to ask you what the hell, what, what the hell kind of organization would send a dividend out when they're losing a billion dollars a year? What, okay. what, what household would do that? <clears throat> exactly. You so you've got you, the, you, you don't get you, an allowance when, okay. when you when, when you have needs. Absolutely. So first step, you're going to enshrine the dividend. You're going to enshrine an entitlement which has questionable uh, uh, sustainability. The second thing is you're going to give away tax revenue for daycare and housing. Third, you're going to give away tax revenue for natural gas production. I mean. Is this not just the definition of socialism, Ethan? I'm sorry. It's you know, I mean, and these are supposedly conservatisms that 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 rail against socialism. I mean, they, why would you do that? You know, the Soviets used to talk about useful idiots. You know, folks that would in, 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 enable the state, uh, the state actors, by just being useful idiots. And this is a uh, this the government is acting like useful idiots here. The the fundamental premise of what they're describing or what you just described as the outlook for Alaska's economy is ridiculous. They are they want to export our resources and our resource wealth and import our workforce. That's not a sustainable economic model. It is a way of draining the wealth out of Alaska, stripping Alaskans of our ability to control uh, our own futures and makes no sense at all. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about process, right? Because this is a long shot. You got to get two thirds, uh, three quarters to get, to get it on the ballot. Um, I, I would fear that if it got on the ballot, it would pass, right? I mean, you're basically asking people, would you like to be guaranteed uh, cash every year? It'd be like, no, no, thanks. I, I think I'm good. Um, of course, living in a state like here, the most expensive state, <laughs> state in the country. I mean, that's like asking a child if they want a piece of candy, right? Okay. But here's, here's the process. So you got to get it on the ballot. But let's walk through this. Let's let's actually uh, take the jump that that voters would approve this in the, the Constitution would the, the dividend would be enshrined in the Constitution. That would mean that every single year, regardless of whether the state had the money, they would have to send out the dividend. I mean, first off, that is the first gate in, in these decision gates you follow to make decisions, that's the first gate you never, ever in my mind can pass through. You are telling somebody that forevermore, you are going to pay them a check every year, regardless. 
I mean, when you have all of these other responsibilities, public safety, education. So when the dividend comes up, it's going to be the dividend and then everything else. And God help you if you don't have enough money to pay the bill, Ethan. But let, let me turn some kind of biblical quote on its head. What profits Alaskans if we enrich ourselves but beggar Alaska? And that's what this policy would do. It would beggar Alaska. It would take away our ability to provide the fundamental government governmental services that are the bedrock of freedom, of liberty, of opportunity that we think are our hallowed birthrights. But you know, you know, remember the story of Esau in the Bible where he traded his birthright for a pot of lentil soup. This is what it is. We're going to trade our birthright for a great Alaska for an annual check that the federal government is going to take a big chunk of anyway. And again, once you put that in the Constitution, and I think the intellectual dishonesty, aside from the economic catastrophe that it was, this would call, I mean, I, I believe that if the dividend is ever enshrined in the Constitution, uh, we're done. We are completely done, right? Because that puts such undue pressure on the state legislature at a time where historically it has always been polarized over the dividend. And all it's going to take is one person to sue the state of Alaska in court claiming they're not meeting their constitutional responsibility to issue a dividend and all hell's going to break loose. And you're going to have schools that aren't funded and roads that aren't plowed because the court's going to say, I don't give a damn. You uh, agreed. It's in the Constitution. This was agreed by the voters that you will pay them a check every year. I don't care what the price of oil is. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. That ain't my problem. My problem is you're violating the Constitution. That's why to me, this is the single <laughs> dumbest idea I have heard in all of my years of being involved in politics. It's a massive pander. It's just a vote buying scheme. Is what it is. It, I'm going to so you, give you a really big dividend check, and you're going to, in gratitude, support me at the polls. That's, okay. that's sort of the, the the transactional nature of what's going on here. And the intellectual dishonesty, Ethan, the intellectual dishonesty is just mind-numbing. Okay, so you read uh, lawmakers that say, well, uh, I think we should adopt this and pass this because then it will put the appropriate pressure on the legislature to finally act. I mean, okay, great, 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 great. Let me cut off your legs and then you'll teach yourself to run. I mean, li literally. I mean, again, the, the intellectual dishonesty from Juno, they, they cannot explain. Here's another thing. When you get down to the economics and the demographics of, of the state versus the permanent fund, about 22% of the population in this state is under the age of 18. So that means we send out about 180,000 uh, dividends to minors. OK, the two demographics that cost you most in government are children with education and seniors with health care. OK, challenge with the demographic splits in these states in, in this state is that our population is growing older and less educated. OK, all right. Now, seems to me if that's the trend, if you have a younger population that's less educated, you need to make damn sure that their kids are getting more educated. And they're getting more educated. And if you're telling me that you're going to commit a dividend into the Constitution, suddenly education, again, it's already at the back of the bus. Now you're going to take it outside the bus and put it on the top of the roof. I mean, you're going to completely forget about education funding. Andrew, this, to me, does not make any economic sense. And it makes no sense for the future of this state, for God's sakes. There you go again, Andrew, thinking. And thinking is a, in deficit supply in Juneau right now. 
And we need people to think their way through this problem and think their way towards solutions. There's great ideas out. Roger Cremo had a terrific plan years ago. Uh, the community dividend is a wonderful yeah. concept that should be explored. But if all you're intent on doing is sending money to voters in the hopes that the voters reward you with, with a, a vote – that's purely transactional. It's nearsighted and no business, no government can sustain itself if all it cares about is the next election cycle instead of the next generation. Well, and even just simply walking through an initial checklist of questions to to anybody who's conscious. I mean, OK, A, is your state fiscally stable to take on a, a, a billion dollar entitlement every year? No. Uh, B, are, are your state services, is your state growing? Do you have a vibrant economy? Do you have some way of, of, of showing like there's a growth line, a pattern where this will all work out? Why, no, we've lost working population in the last 11 years, as a matter of fact. Okay. And number three, how much money do you have in the bank? Can you afford, if you have a couple of bad years, can you, can you afford that? Uh, well, no, I think we got about $2 billion left in the bank. Oh, yeah. And oh, by the way, the Alaska Permanent Fund Corporation said that, you know, there's a 5% chance we might run out of money. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when somebody would say, okay, well, you know what? Rethinking guaranteeing an entitlement in the Constitution might not be such a great idea after all. Ethan, is that too much to ask? It's too much to hope for that you'll have some thoughtful policy responses to the fiscal situation that exists in Alaska today. I mean, the, I've always talked about the three lies of the budget debate in Juneau. The first lie is no new taxes. The second lie is we're only going to cut the other guy's programs. And the third lie is we're going to send you a massive dividend at the same time. You can't have a, a sustained productive discussion if those are your your guardrails. So I, I have higher hopes that um, we can come up with some of the many solutions that have been offered in the past. We are a wealthy state. We are just impoverished in terms of leadership and imagination at a Juno. While I'm still sitting here waiting for my drink from two episodes ago, let me ask, you ever delivered closing comments, son? Ever recorded in a forward area? Ever put your words in another person's ears and ask them to listen? We follow logic in closing comments. We follow logic in closing comments or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Are we clear? In closing comments, hail to the education heroes in the Alaska State Legislature. Over the last week, both bodies of the Alaska State Legislature passed a historic increase in public education funding. This comes after Alaska's public schools went seven years without a meaningful increase. However, it's unfortunately too early to celebrate. Immediately after the Senate passed the bill, Governor Dunleavy said the bill, quote, falls far short. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if anyone knows anything about falling far short, it's Governor Mike Dunleavy. I mean, this dude is ranked dead last by the Republican Governors Association. On falling far short, this guy has unassailable credibility. However, it is never too early for us to celebrate the heroes who stood up to the House majority. You'll remember three weeks ago, the House majority attempted to ram through a bill that would have given public schools crumbs while serving both homeschoolers and a local telecom company, King Crab. 
The bill would have increased public student funding by a mere $77 million, while homeschoolers would have received $23 million, and the telecom company would get $40 million in broadband investment. So homeschoolers and campaign donors would have made out like bandits, and 86% of the students in this state would have been cheated. Instead, with the help of the House minority and the Senate majority, a deal was struck to provide $175 million in student funding and additional meeting for reading programs. If not for the hard work of the education heroes in the House and Senate, teachers and students would have had $110 million less invested in our public school system that's been standing on thin ice for the last seven years. Thank you to the legislatures that fought for this increase. Now, let's all hope that Dunleavy doesn't Dunleavy. Oh, hello once again. I truly hope you enjoyed this splendid episode. But before you go, let me ask you one important question. How many podcast hosts does it take to change a light bulb? Well, only one, but they'll spend the next hour discussing their personal experiences with different light bulbs. Make sure you subscribe with all due respect on Apple, Spotify, or any other streaming platform so you don't miss a word we have to say about light bulbs. Cheerio and mind your way. Thank you.